Good evening, and welcome to Weird Mountain, where the men are tough and the sheep are scared. I'm Gomez the Yard Man. While the gals are busy doing whatever it is witches do this time of year, I thought I'd take a moment to let you know how much we all appreciate you listening to the show. Thanks for tuning in. I also wanted to let you know that things can sometimes get a little strange up on Weird Mountain. Especially this time of year. The veil, she's very thin. What you're about to hear are stories. But are they just stories? The gals say no. Decide for yourself. But don't say I didn't warn you. No! <laughs> Ring, 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 Well, that was a good one, even though it didn't sound very haunted. Oh, did it need to start with a creaking door? Damn, that was a really good one. All right, now, now finish that up. After the creak, what does it sound like? Silence. Well, first, I guess you have to hear this. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hello? Hello? <laughs> and then you hear, yes, come on in. <laughs> Come into my parlor. So let me ask you, just curious. I have known people, and myself included, who have dreams as they're falling asleep kind of thoughts uh, that they're hearing a knock at the door or hearing their name being called. Have you heard of that? Oh, the superstitions around that are terrible. What are they? Yes, I have heard that. You, if you hear a knock at the door and you know nobody's there, never, ever open the door or say, come in. Never. Right, right, right. If you hear somebody call your name, don't. It's like when some stranger calls you on the phone and you know not to say yes, because they may record that. And then you ordered a new Mercedes Benz. Mm. But yeah, if somebody calls your name, you never go, hi, who is it? No, just leave them alone. Leave it be. Has that ever happened to you? heard somebody speak my name yeah yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. I've heard the knock more than I've heard the name but interesting thing is I've got a friend who is absolutely does not believe in the other world which I find interesting because he's kind of a smart person anyway this person reported to me about two weeks ago that as he was falling asleep He thought he heard someone knocking on the door. He actually got up and went and looked. And I said, well, did did you tell them to come in? He said, no, he didn't. So that's good. Yeah. So for those out there who might not be familiar with that, but maybe are familiar with the phenomenon, my question to you is, if that's ever happened, do you get a feeling 
when you hear that knock on the door that you shouldn't open it? Is it a feeling of invasion if you do? And Byron, would you maybe explain some of the superstitions? Like what does it mean if you hear a knock on the door as you're falling asleep or your name being called? Well, I, it just it just ain't no good. I mean, I don't know specific uh, superstitions about it, but you know, you don't know who's on the other side of that door knocking and you never ever say come in. You never offer hospitality to something like that, that you don't know what it is. Don't you get a weird feeling when it happens? I mean, I do. Oh, you mean like the hair standing up on the back of your neck and you yep. get cold chills all over your body, that kind of feeling? Yep. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So there's a weird spooky thing, number one. And I believe that the knock on the door is maybe our brain's way of decoding or recoding or just communicating. Sometimes when you're speaking to or communicating with the other side, they don't use words, they use symbols. At least for me, sometimes that's the way it goes. How about for you? Well, yeah, I mean, that. I think, I think when they are, they have to resort to using our language, that the meaning of it is sometimes kind of complicated and dense. Yeah, true, true. Because that's not the best way that the spirit world communicates. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about ghost stories today. And did you have one in mind that you wanted to start with or that you wanted to tell? Well, I just did a whole bunch of ghost stories. And I guess the first thing I wanted to say was there's a difference between ghost stories. Like I'm going to tell you a scary ghost story right now. I've got my flashlight turned on. I got it under my chin. Gather around the fire, children. A tale of enchantment and horror. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between that kind of story, which is a, it's a storytelling technique and it has its own uh, purposes because all of us love that kind of ooh, chill of fear right. when there's really nothing to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, That's it, entertainment. Yeah, it kind of boosts our endorphins, I guess. They go, ooh, I escaped that scary thing that wasn't something you had to escape. <laughs> but the other thing that's ghost stories are the stories of encounters with ghosts, with spirits. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different thing. And that that's probably what I really love more than the and the young couple was necking in the front seat of the car and suddenly there a hand was on the door sort of stuff because that's not very scary to me. Right. Exactly. That's entertainment to you and me both. But I was kind of hoping that we do weird ghost stories, you know, the ones that maybe if you're listening to it and you didn't weren't there witnessing it, it might sound like entertainment. But if you're there and it really happened, those are the ones that are interesting to me. What's your favorite ghost story? And you went, well, I don't know. And then you came up with one off the top of your head that had happened to you. Yeah. Was that the girl in the barn? Yep. And that that's was, a, that's a good story. And you know, it really happens. So it's not, it's not a story so much as me relaying something that happened in my life. Right. Yeah, it's that, a funny thing about, because when I, when I just think in general about it, I go, oh, I haven't that, have that many encounters with spirit people. 
But then when I when I tell one story and they'll go, oh yeah, and remember at the time, oh oh yeah, oh I forgot about that one. Remember that girl, that hippie girl? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it just kind of it's this cascading craziness that just cool. happens. But what I really love is when you talk to people who are from the same area mm-hmm. and maybe you're telling, oh, I was down at this one place and this thing happened to me. And then somebody else will go, hey, I was at that place a few months back and that same darn thing happened to me too. Yeah. And I would think you encounter that because I know you do some, um, I don't want to call it ghost hunting. What do you call it? What's a good way to call that? Well, I started out trying to figure out some uh, what was happening to me long, long time ago. And then in the early 90s, people started calling it paranormal investigation. And for me, what it was, was observation. I was trying to make sense out of all the things that I had witnessed in in my life up to that point. And I do it by observation. I've tried to find a pattern. It's like, okay, well, if this thing happened right here, let me go back next week and see if it happens again right there. You know, and I was always trying to figure it out. And I had a real scary situation happen to me when I was 14. And that was really the thing, the impetus that drove me to try and figure this stuff out. And then as I got older, I began to realize that, well, I started changing my tune about things. And I started wondering, am I just crazy? Is it that I am attracted or attractive to these things. And that's why that comes to find me. And through the years, I just kind of developed my theory that certain people are open, more open, let's say, to certain experiences. And it's just like, I don't have any kind of talent for being a race car driver. Yeah, And I've never tried to develop any kind of talent for being a race car driver. But what I've always tried to do is observe and see if things match, oh, how can I put it, the physical world with what I've experienced. And so- Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and I just, I'm still in that place of uh, observation, but I have been able to put together some, some theories about it. And what I've also been able to do is kind of put together a set of internal instructions for myself. So in other words, if this happens, then this is the way I want to react. Because what I began to realize was that when some crazy thing would happen that couldn't possibly happen, the first thing I would do is focus my brain instantly on what was it? How can I debunk this? How can I explain this? So was it this thing? Was it this thing? And I instantly took my brain out of that place of relaxed reception. You see? And once I did that, the phenomenon or whatever you want to call it would be gone. And because of my experiences, and I've had a lot of them, I believe that I'm really experiencing this stuff. I'm not not having a hallucination at the time. And I also have been very careful yeah. not to not to try and it's like I forget the term right now, but there's a term where you kind of really want it subconsciously. So you want it to happen. You're trying to get it to happen. So I've, I've had to caution myself against that sort of thing. I don't want to go into things 
with an air of expecting this or wanting that to happen. I just want to be me and observe. But that's a, a fine line. And eventually, I just said, well, the hell with it. I'm never going to figure this stuff out. And once I started doing that, I realized that I don't have to figure it out. My life is full of magic things and and metaphysical things. And I'm maybe never going to know. I'm probably never going to know the secret to all of it. So I'm trying to just be calm about it. And in the act of looking back tells me. Shuffles outside.
that 